0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Higher (laughs) Learning, it is I, Van (laughs) Lathie.
1: And it's Rachel Lindsay. Van, you're so, you can't, like, y'all, I wasn't even prepared to start, but Van was, and that's all that mattered.
0: Rachel was, uh, what are you doing? You're wrapping up a curling iron right there? Yes. Let me see it. Let me see the curling iron real quick.
1: It's technically called a wand.
0: A wand. Interesting. What is that? What does it do? You just wrap a curl around it? You just
1: wrap, yeah, you just wrap the curl around and it gives all you a right. nice spiral.
0: How long does that curl last right there? When does it go away?
1: Well, that one went away immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um all day.
0: It lasts all day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't it don't you damage your hair if you use the heat on the hair? Isn't You're that right. something?
1: That's why I wear wigs, fam.
0: Bam. Bam. Mm-hmm. Rach got it figured out. Rach. We got a great show today. Uh, we got a very special guest. So excited. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, senatorial candidate from South Carolina, Jamie Harrison. I don't Woo! know if you guys know, but down there in South Carolina, SC South Carolina, Jamie Harrison is giving Lindsey Graham hell. I think they are polling dead even or actually slightly ahead for Harrison right now with the election to come Tuesday. Um Upstart political candidate, a lot of reasons why he's making noise in South Carolina, and we you know, interviewed him to kind of find out. Like you, you like Jamie Harrison, you like him.
1: I do, and I we've talked about him on the show Thought Warriors. If you follow along, you know we talked about the debate. It's a big deal what's happening there because that is a red state. There was Strom Thurmond who was there for 48 years, Lindsey mm-hmm. Graham who's been there, I think 25 years somewhere, a long time a long around time. there, and mm-hmm. so. But with what Jamie Harrison is doing in that state, that's really that ne- we've never seen done before. It's remarkable, and it's showing that people want to change, and it's great yeah. to watch. Even if we aren't in South Carolina, we can't vote. We're still talking about him because he's pretty amazing.
0: Also, there are national ramifications that might come if that Senate seat went sure. went blue. Sure, you know. And you guys are talking about uh, sort of some of the things that are going on with the courts and some other things like that. And if you are interested in flipping the Senate blue, then yeah. You know, if you're interested in it staying red, then you're probably all pissed off listening to me. Like, what are you talking about? But If you're interested, let me tell you something about this before we get to Jamie Harrison.
1: Okay.
0: I I am a liberal and everyone knows that I'm a liberal. You know that I'm a liberal. We talk about this. But I am not against a balanced government where everyone's point of views are respected. Yeah. to where you have a slight majority on one of either side or you have a deadlock, but uh, America's got to be a place where ideas clash and then compromise wins. That's mm-hmm. America to me. Um, So I say that to say that some of what we're seeing right now about people trying to shoehorn in one group of the country to make all the decisions, even what we're talking about as a 6-3 really supermajority on the Supreme Court, I've said this before, it's not reflective of who America is. And so what you want is a government, for me, what I want is a government that's progressive. But what I want more than anything is a government that's inclusive and that what people feel like they're participating in their country. And that goes mm-hmm. for everyone, even the people who I disagree with, even the people who I disagree with vehemently. So um, anytime somebody like Jamie Harrison uh, challenges the political status quo, I think it's on balance something that's good for America.
1: Yeah, yeah. It takes us back to... The days when you at least saw some of that done, you know, like right now we're so divided. Things can't get done. And if they are, they're very one sided. So, yes, like when I when I look at Jamie Harrison and what he's trying to do, he is a man who is about that balance, trying to have those conversations, reaching across the table and trying to get things done for the people, Mm -hmm. which is how it should be done, not for personal benefit, gain or allegiance.
0: Right. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to go ahead and give you our conversation with uh, Jamie Harrison right now.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Yes, we are privileged and proud to be joined by one of the country's foremost political upstarts. I am so proud of this, brother. Um Jamie Harrison who is taking on Lindsey Graham in South Carolina and making a lot of news uh excuse me noise uh challenging for the Senate seat there uh Jamie how are you today brother
2: Man I'm doing well I'm doing so well and thank you for having me on You know we only have a few days left until game time and uh we we're excited about it we're breaking records here in South Carolina we've had over a million people to go off and vote and 30% of them are African American and and that's a that's a record high for our early vote here in South Carolina. So I'm really really excited about that.
1: Yeah, Jamie, you're doing so much and we we're we're fans here. I mean, we we covered the debate on our podcast. We're we're so in, impressed and encouraged by what you're doing and we don't we're not even in South Carolina and I feel like you're having an impact nationally just because of what you're doing and what you stand for. And I saw that you enlisted common to help with the campaign. Can you tell us how that came about?
2: Yeah, so, you know, we had Common and Charlemagne the God uh, here in South Carolina on Monday for a big concert. And Common and I went to a barbershop. He uh, visited Allen University, one of our HBCUs. We had the concert on the campus of another HBCU, Benedict College. Mm. So, uh, you know, it was really, really exciting. We had over a 1,000 people show up, all COVID safe because they were in their cars. Um, it was, it was just an amazing, amazing opportunity, and uh, I think so many people were excited about having them here, but they're excited about going out to vote. Hmm. So I want to get into some specifics here. So yeah. when I
0: listened to you debate Lindsey Graham, which was you know fantastic, um... You talked about your vision for South Carolina and what you felt like Lindsey Graham wasn't doing for South Carolina. Obviously, people are watching this race nationally because of the ramifications it could have in terms of the number of Senate seats uh, that are going to be, you know, split up between the parties after Tuesday's election. But I want to know specifically where you feel like Lindsey Graham has failed the people of South Carolina and what you will do for South Carolina specifically if you win this election.
2: Uh, Van, do we have enough time for this, man? <laughs> Let me. I, I'll give you my top of the mind. Listen, this is a guy who's been in Washington, D.C. for 25 years. And in that 25 years, uh, there's a lot that uh, a lot of folks have suffered here in South Carolina. In that period, too many people like opportunity. Uh, to live the American dream. Too many hospitals have closed in South Carolina over the course of that period. Actually, four of our rural hospitals have closed. Too many communities don't have broadband access that they need. 38 percent of rural communities in South Carolina have no broadband, none. And then there's some communities that have it, but it's slower than what you would find in Cuba. And, you know, Lindsay just this year said, oh, I got a bill for this. I mean, the only reason why he has a bill for it is because I've been on him on, a, on him about it. Uh, you know, too many kids uh, are graduating and graduating to the streets or graduating, going to prison instead of going off to doing something else, going to college or, or getting a good job. We have some fundamental issues here in South Carolina that need to be addressed. And we see a lot of these issues in the rural communities in South Carolina, which are in, in this state, majority african American. And so I have created what I call my Rural Hope Agenda, and it's a five-part plan to rebuild and revitalize rural communities in South Carolina. And these are uh, communities that have historically um, uh, have had disparities and inequities. Uh, it focuses on health care, education, economic opportunity, infrastructure, and it also includes a Farmer's Bill of Rights. Now, we have to move South Carolina from the top of all of the bad lists and move her up to the top of all of the good lists, but we can't do that until we address some of these historical disparities that we see, particularly in the African-American communities uh, across the state. And that's what I, I plan to roll up my sleeves and work on as soon as I get into the U.S. Senate.
1: You know, Jamie, you, you talk about the New South, and I, want, and I want to get into detail about what you mean about that, because we know that typically South Carolina is a red state, and we know that when you started out this campaign, you were a 17-point underdog, and now you've made leaps and bounds in the polls, and you've really, really resonated with the people of South Carolina. What do you mean when you say the New South?
2: Yeah. You know, the New South is not only a place, but is also a state of mind. You know, I I often say that for me, a new South is bold, it's inclusive, and it's diverse. It's where all of our voices are heard and also valued. And I think that's really important, where all of our experiences have worth. Um, and, you know, I believe Lindsay's a relic of the old South. You know, this was a guy, a senator, who said on the stage that if you're an African-American or an immigrant, you can go anywhere you want, or you can be whatever you want, as long as you're conservative. What? Mm. Right. You are a center of all of South Carolina, all of her people, regardless of their conservative, liberal, independent, regardless of their black or white. You represent them all. And so you should fight for and hope that every person in your state that you represent can go off and live the American dream and be and do whatever they want to do. That's what a senator is supposed to do. But this guy has his old mentality uh, that is tied to the what I call the old South. Something about the divisions and and yeah, it's separate but equal. No, we w- those days are gone. We're not there anymore. We're about making sure that there's opportunity for every single person uh, so that they can live up to their God given abilities and their talents. And that's what I'm pushing for each and every day. Do you see any issues that uh, affect? Uh, South
0: Carolinians, or any issues nationally that you're more than willing to reach across the aisle and work with uh, Republicans on, are there things that stick out in your mind that you said, "Hey, that's something that we got to do together"?
2: Yeah, I would be willing to work with with uh, Republicans and anybody else on every issue. For mm. me, it's about progress. It's about moving that ball closer down the field so that we get to the goal line, and that means, and sometimes you got to work together in order to to get that done. Uh, you know. Folks ask me all the time, well, Jamie, are you liberal or are you conservative? I'm pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when, when, when you grow up the way that I grew up, you have to be. You know, my mom was 16 when she had me, dropped out of high school, and I was raised by my grandparents. We had a fourth grade and eighth grade education. And my grandma would always say, Jamie, you never lift a, look a good a gift horse in the mouth. Like You, you take the progress that you, that, that you have. So if somebody gives you fifty cents, you and, and you need a dollar, you better say thank you for that fifty cents because you now are halfway now to get getting that dollar, and 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 you have to appreciate that and you build on that and that's the way that I approach life in general. Uh, that yes, all of what I want, I may not get all at all uh, at the time that I want, but as long as I've made progress to get closer to it, uh, then. Uh, Then that's progress, and you appreciate that, and you value that, and you continue to work hard so you can get that that remainder. And so I'm going to work with them ever, but I also want to put people on notice: if you want to do anything that harms my state, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't care if you're president of the United States. You're going to have a fight on your hand because, in the end of the day, I was sent to Washington D.C. to represent the state of South Carolina, not to represent the Democratic Party, but to represent South Carolina. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Lindsay can't say that. You know, when Trump tells him to to jump, he says, ha ha. But no, that's not going to be the case. If it doesn't improve South Carolina, I'm sorry, Mr. President, you won't get what you want because I'm going to fight you for it. Mm. So, um, but that's just, that's just the way I am.
1: Jamie, what more can people do to help with your campaign? I know we're days away, whether you're in South Carolina or outside of it. What can we do to spread awareness or just contribute to your campaign?
2: Vote, 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 (laughs) vote. If you're in South Carolina, go to the polls now. Uh, You know, even before November 3rd, we have early absentee or absentee voting here where you can vote early. Go and vote now. Log those votes now. Don't wait until November 3rd go do it now. If you're outside of South Carolina, you can still help us. You you can go to jamieharrison.com, my website. You can sign up to volunteer. If you want to make a contribution, you can do that too. But we need more people to make phone calls, to do text banking, uh, to do everything that we can to encourage people to go out and vote. If you're in the state and you want to be a comfort captain uh, at the polls so you can pass out water or whatever to help people stand in lines, Uh, we would love your help on that also, but it's really important that we get as many people as possible to go out and vote. Hmm. Uh,
0: last question for you. Yeah. Um, for me, I see Lindsey Graham going on various different, uh, you know, news shows. And I gotta be honest with you, Jamie, I know it's a tight race and you're taking it very seriously but when lindsay's basically going on fox hand in the hand like begging <laughs> for money <laughs> it's funny to me like i'm sorry like it, it's 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 it, like there are a couple different clips i know you've seen them oh, what yeah. do you like what do you make of that when you see that you got to <laughs> laugh i know you're in the middle of a race and you're very serious it's got to be a little funny just how desperate and just how despondent it seems as if he's in. He's in a real fight for the
2: first time in forever. Listen, man, so the other day, my mom called me up, and she was serious. She said, Jamie. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I thought I taught you better than that. I was like, mama, what are you talking about? I had no idea what my mom was talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? She said, why do you have Lindsey Graham up on Fox News crying? (laughs) 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 <laughs> I, man, I I cracked up. All I, could, I laughed so much because I, I I could have sworn I messed something else up. Right. And my mom said, like, why do you have Lindsey Graham over there crying on Fox News? But it, it's sad. Yeah, this man has been there for 25 years. He's the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Golfs with the president every other weekend or whatever. Yeah, you would think he would have some more dignity about himself to be crying on the news every night. Oh, they're killing me. They're killing me. Oh, I need you. Go to Instagram.com. They're killing me. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, You know, uh, this is my first time ever running for office. Ever. You know, I I don't come from, you know, I don't have Donald Trump's money and all that. Uh, But it's sad to see that this is who we have. It's also sad that your center is the butt of every joke on Saturday Night Live. I mean, Mm. we can change that up. You know, let's have some dignity about, put some respect on South Carolina's name. But in order to do that, Mm. we got to get rid of Lindsey Graham. Uh, (laughs) We have to get rid of Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Mm.
1: A last question for me, just in regards to, obviously, the presidential election is coming up. Uh, We have a lot of people who want to learn who are uh, want to be encouraged about what's going on? What what would you tell them as we're days away from the presidential election? Um, are you concerned about it? You know, we talk about this on the show as well with what happened in 2016, even what happened in 2000 with the votes. Are you concerned at all? And how can what advice can you give to our listeners to, to yeah. be encouraged?
2: Well, you know, I, we have the power to really shape what our future looks like. We actually have that power. And and the question is, will we utilize that power or we will we give that power away to somebody else? Somebody else who may not share our values, someone else who may not look at the world in the same way that we do. You know, Dr. King had a quote in the letter from a Birmingham jail. And folks, if you haven't, listeners, if you haven't read it, you need to, because that is a remarkable yes. piece of writing. But in that, he said, we will repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people but for the appalling silence of the good people. And the question is, what are the good people in this country, what are the good people in our community going to do? Are they going to sit back and be silent, or are they going to stand up and say in one clear and unified voice, enough is enough. Enough is enough with the hatred and the bigotry and division. Enough is enough. And what I've charged my folks here in South Carolina to do, you know, our state motto is, while I breathe, I hope. And that's powerful when you think about it. While I breathe, I hope. But I'm taking uh, a little uh, some ownership and I'm changing that up a little bit because if folks are really serious about bringing hope back to their communities, if they're really serious about bringing hope back into the lives of people who have just lost all sense of hope, then there's a step that they have to take. So for the next seven days or whatever, I don't know how many days we got left of this lecture, but it's less than a week. The motto of South Carolina and hopefully it's the motto of our nation. It's not while I breathe, I hope, but while I breathe, I vote, because that is how we bring hope back to South Carolina. That's how we bring hope back to the nation. And so that's what I'm fighting for each and every day. But I need help. I can't do it by myself. I need folks to take their power, take their voices and go to the polls. Grab that cousin, that nephew, that niece who you know that is sitting on the couch playing some um, Wii or Nintendo or whatever they are playing uh, <laughs> the, the PlayStation. <laughs> Grab them up, the switch, get them up. That's not the
1: switch. <laughs> get them up
2: and take them to the polls. Um, we we need it. And, and, and uh, you know, that's all I can say. We have mm. the power to shape it. Whether or mm. not we use it is on us.
0: Jamie, Jamie, we'll leave it right there. Listen, man, I'm so proud of you. So impressed with your campaign. Wish you the best of luck. I think you got it. I think I am very encouraged and very... I'm claiming hopeful.
2: it, man. I'm claiming I, it. I, yes. I, I, think,
0: I think you got it, my brother. Uh, we are so thrilled that you joined us on t- today on Higher Learning. Um, and good luck on Tuesday, brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you both. You. And ma- make sure y'all stay safe, too. Oh,
1: Thank you. You too. Thank
0: you so much. Okay. Peace out. Take care. Bye.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life with premium interiors, available wireless charging and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai, visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: All right. Uh, you think he's going to win.
1: I pray he does.
0: You pray he wins.
1: You know what? I shouldn't say it like that. I am about manifestation, so I'm going to put it out there. Yes, he is going to win. He is going to win, win the Senate seat in South Carolina. You got to be specific when you put things out there. Okay? You just can't throw it out there. We want him to win the Senate seat this election. Mm-hmm. Jamie Harrison. Cause
0: remember we talked about specificity with the movie uh, Bedazzled? I called it bamboozle, but it's bedazzled. Remember when the guy, I kept telling <laughs> you, he was made, gave a deal with the devil, asked the devil with things, devil keep putting loopholes in there. You got to be specific. Claim that specific. Right. You're right about that. Similar
1: to what we talked about last week. You can't say you you want to date a model. You got to say the type of model you want, or you might get a party city model.
0: Party city model, which, hey, they, I'm sure they look great, too. You know what I mean? Party. Oh, I'm just not sure. we were talking about Dale. Dale's fucking super handsome. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. You can do worse <laughs> than a party city model right there. Oh, you like him, huh? Wow.
1: Well, all I think right. we can uh, all agree he's universally uh, attractive. Okay. Uh, so, uh, 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 uh,
0: Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, we'll stay with the election for a second. Uh, it is five days away. Man, wow. How are you feeling, Rachel?
1: Well, I was gonna say, do you have anxiety? Because I do. I've gotten to the point now where I can't watch the news anymore. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because we've been talking about this forever and now we're 5 days away from there being a change hopefully no let me let me go back up what i let me practice what i preach there will be a change mm-hmm. you know after tuesday but i'm nervous i'm I, i'm not kidding man i'm extremely anxious about these upcoming days and this this election so many things keep coming out with the with the Boxes being burned, ballot boxes being burned, people saying it's too late to do your mail-in vote. Some people are saying it's okay. Supreme Court making decisions. Polls are going up and down. It's a lot. I got to step away. I got to uh, step away.
0: I, because I am, I, I don't practice self-care with myself a lot. I'm actually the exact opposite. So for me, I am well-versed in the polling every single state. Nope. Minute by minute, who's up? Who's down? I'm on real clear. I'm on 538. I'm all I'm on Politico. I'm all over the place. I can't get enough of it. I've called almost everyone. Shout out to Bakari. I called Bakari sellers uh a couple of days ago. I'm like, yo, are we gonna win? He's like, he's like, he says, yes, I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win. I call so many different people. Yeah, we're we gonna win. We're we gonna win. I just want assure I want a reassurance that this four year nightmare okay. is about to be over.
1: But see, I was not in the country when Trump was elected. So it's nice. I, I want to hear your perspective because I was filming The Bachelor, actually, mm-hmm. when this happened. Mm-hmm. So when it was announced, I was in Finland. So mm-hmm. I did not feel the effects the way that everyone else did because it wasn't another 10 days till I even stepped back on, you know, the United States soil. Mm-hmm. So leading up to it, because I couldn't watch the news. I didn't have the access to the Internet. I couldn't talk to anyone on the phone. Were people saying these same things to you? And I think maybe that's why I'm so scared, because I didn't feel what it felt like leading up to it. It just seemed like Hillary was leading in the polls. It seemed like everyone was like, oh, this isn't even going to be close, is what mm-hmm. I I felt like everyone was saying. So take me back to the day, five days before the election in 2016. Was it that were people saying these same things?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I think there was there are a couple of differences. Well, one difference was for me, there was such certainty that Hillary was going to win from so many people. You had never heard of a path to victory for Donald Trump that we didn't pay attention to the fact that the that the election was tightening when going into election day. Whereas in this particular election, Joe Biden has maintained between a seven and nine point lead. I think nationally, he has nine to 10 point lead. um, And he's polling ahead in all of the, the battleground states. Not by much. Trump could still win easily. um, But I don't think people paid attention to the fact that after the Comey letter and into the last week of the election, that there was significant tightening. It was getting tighter. Yeah. She was up two points going into election day nationally. That's like nothing. That's within the margin of error. Two or three points. Yeah. I think it was. Um, and because of that, I think there was some complacency. Because no one thought that America would actually elect Donald Trump. No one really thought that that would happen. And because that, and so there wasn't much anxiety. The anxiety didn't set in until that night when you started going, oh shit. I remember I had a friend that was at a big Hillary Clinton, I think we might have talked about this, that was at like a big, big Hillary Clinton gathering. And I'm like, yo, what's the mood in there? He's like, it's like a funeral, bro. She's gonna lose. And I was like, "No fucking way! Like, no way!" And then and he's like, "Yeah, bro, she's gonna lose." Um, but I think I think different. I think what's different now is that during that time we were still kind of in an Obama haze. Yeah, and we were like, "How bad could it be?" You know, not with President Trump, like. Not with President Trump. Not by, Not how bad could he be? I think a lot of people looked at how pernicious he was and some of the things that he was saying in the the groups that he was sort of giving power to. I think the how bad could it be came from the fact of, um, it it was a, it was more of a feeling of how fundamentally different can our lives be? And I want you people to kind of just think about that. Think about right now how fundamentally different. American life is Than it was in 2016 Yeah How fundamentally different Think about it Think about where we are And I I get the pandemic Changes things And excuse things But even before that Think about How things were ratcheted up And the tension And the anxiety And all of that Stuff like that And you know Just ask yourself If that's kind of What you want In perpetuity Going forward You know
1: yeah, I guess I'm, I, if I'm, and I'm generally more p- of a pessimistic person, which is why I also think the way that I do. But if there's anything that makes me feel this could be different as well is how many people have come out to do early voting. And I know partially some of that is because of COVID and people don't want to do it in person, but the numbers are up big time versus how they were in 2016. And you're seeing numbers go up within different Areas as far as like black people, women, white suburban women, you know what I mean, and so that makes me feel like okay, things are headed in in the right direction. Yeah, but I'm still nervous, man. I'm still I am very anxious,
0: super nervous. Yeah, yeah. You're you're gonna say I'm sorry.
1: Good job. No, 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 no. I was just I'm like just like now I'm getting lost in my thought. I'm getting I'm getting anxious. Like I just no. Let's change the subject. Like I feel like um. Actually, no, we we're turn stay, off right, the TV, too. I got no, to
0: see we're going <laughs> to stay, stay right here on the election because the Supreme Court <laughs> has allowed uh, longer absentee ballot deadlines in North Carolina um, and in Pennsylvania. So they're going to accept absentee ballots there in those two places uh, that, that apply for extensions. Uh, Republicans oppose those extensions, right? Um, Amy Coney Barrett did not participate in either case. Uh, So Republicans, like Republicans who seem to be uh, both, want you to believe that they're both incredible patriots, but also seem to be in a lot of different ways, Um, (laughs) (laughs) anti-democracy. They're going to be in those very key states. uh, They're going to allow the absentee ballots to be counted several days after the election. If you're in... Either camp, this should be music to your ears because you should want every vote to be counted. But for the Democrats who specifically uh, urged a lot of mail-in and absentee balloting, uh, balloting uh, this probably is seen as a favorable ruling for them. So if you if you mailed your ballot off and you were in uh, Pennsylvania or North Carolina, you're probably okay. Uh, other states, I encourage you guys to check and see where your state is on the county. So that you make sure that your ballot is counted. I don't give a fuck who you're voting for. We want your, you want your voice to be heard. You want to do this the right way. Make sure that your ballot is is being counted. Interesting to me that, uh, that Amy Coney Barrett did not weigh in on these decisions. Um, that, that she did not, uh, vote in either one of these decisions. I, is she that can't.
1: She can't. And I, she I, can't, I, I don't know what the rule is, but it's too quick. Like she's not allowed to based on the timing of her being confirmed to the Supreme Court and, and, and these cases, because these cases have already been argued. So she can't, um, come in and write and join in on an opinion when the cases have already been argued before the Supreme Court. Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Well, there you Um, go. See, lawyer rage. I did not know this.
1: But I know because y'all know Van tries to take away my credit at times as being an attorney. However, this is something, too, that you guys should pay attention to. So, uh, Van, you were talking about North Carolina and Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. has done the same thing. But in, in North Carolina's ruling is based off of very similar to Pennsylvania's. Something you guys should know. And this is why you should always read the fine line when it comes to things. Justice Samuel Alito is the one who wrote this opinion and other justices joined in. And although they ruled against, um, the, uh, what, what, what was it? They wanted to do it within three days. They want to get yeah. rid of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Although, although they ruled against what Republicans wanted, they still reserved the right to revisit this after the election and the votes are counted if the election is close. So there is wording within this order that says, Hey, they may still attempt to throw out Mellon ballots that arrive, you know, after three days after the election. So the, and the reason I'm telling you guys, this is because I personally believe, and I've seen Eric Holder tweeted about this and other people are talking about a former U S attorney general Eric Holder tweeted about this and other people have as well. If you have not voted by mail and you're planning to, you need to go vote in person. If you have the ability, drop it off or vote in person. person. If you have the ability to do that, do that at this point because your vote needs to count. It's just too risky. You see what, you know, the GOP is trying to do in, in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and I'm sure it's happening in other places at this point. If you can go to a ballot box or go vote in person.
0: Yeah. I'm also going to tell you guys something. I, I, I mentioned this earlier and said that, you know, I'm not really giving myself a lot of self-care. I'm overindulging into it. And I'm telling the rest of you guys, try not to do that. <laughs> try not Try not to, if it's at all possible, to stress yourself out about this. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard to think about anything else. But if you can't think about something else, try it. Today, I put together uh, two chairs, two outside chairs, you know, I got a little outside area. I put together the chairs while watching a movie called J.D.'s Revenge. Have you ever seen J.D.'s Revenge?
1: You know, I never even heard of it. Okay.
0: I got to give you a quick synopsis of J.D.'s Revenge. Is it a new
1: movie? An old movie?
0: Hell no. It's from like 1976. Oh my gosh, is
1: that what you posted on on social? That's what
0: I posted on social media. (laughs) J.D.'s Revenge. Let me tell you about J.D.'s Revenge and see, it's a staple. So it takes place in New Orleans in the 70s, right? There's this kid named Ike. Ike has a nice life. He's a law student. He uh he goes to this 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 dinner theater situation with his girl. And him and his girl are in love and everything's going great. Ike is a nice dude. What happens is Ike gets hypnotized. And some kind of way when he gets hypnotized, the psyche and the spirit of a 1940s hustling pimp named JD Walker gets inside of his soul. And little by little Ike turns into J.D. Walker. He, like, gets his hair conked. He starts dressing like J.D. Walker. He starts talking like J.D. Walker. Man. And what, what, what you don't see in the rest of that scene is that J.D. takes out his switchblade and cuts that motherfucker up, then steals his car after having sex with his girl, <laughs> and 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 they, the move, the whole movie goes through. JD actually gets his revenge because in the end of the movie, even though JD was a terrible guy, JD actually had a point because what had happened to him and his family was wrong. So he gets his revenge, and then Ike goes back to being Ike. And I just watched that movie today just to take my brain off the election. It was fucking fantastic. So
1: you'd seen this before.
0: I'd seen the movie before, okay. But I hadn't. But I, you know, it's a black exploitation film. You go back and watch. Clearly, clearly, yeah, you, you go back and Louis Gossett Jr. was in the shit. Louis Gossett Jr. played the preacher that had tried been part to get of,
1: tried to get old JD out. That tried like. to get old
0: JD out. You gotta, you gotta go. You guys gotta watch JD's. You gotta oh, watch I'm it. intrigued
1: just simply off the Instagram clip that you posted. I was like, what movie is this? I literally started to Google movies Glenn Turner was in because I was trying to figure out. I don't know why I just didn't text you and ask you, but I was trying to figure that out. That was funny.
0: It was hilarious. And the, the, <laughs> like, like, and the part before he gets there is even better because he's slipping with the woman and the woman says, ooh, that's the best fucking I ever had before. And he goes, that's because you fucking with the ace. And then, and then she goes, oh shit my husband's here. And he goes, hell, you better go talk to him. Like not, not <laughs> even like, not even like, yo, what I got to do with my husband's here. He's like, shit, you better go talk to him. <laughs> and then he cut that man up with a switchblade. Um, so, uh, <laughs> listen, before we get to what people are really here for on this Friday podcast, before we get to the Bachelor recap, before we get to that, so I want to talk about, I'll talk to you guys about something that also happened during the Bachelor. Because during the Bachelor, uh, the World Series was on, okay? Game six of the World Series was on during The Bachelor. Now, people know that I am a batch. I am a new, a, a brand new batch. I was actually watching the, the The Bachelor on my TV and watching game six of the World Series on my phone. That's how my priorities have shifted. I mm. want to fully make people aware of the fact that I have no idea what happened at the end of the World Series with Justin Turner. Like, um. it... did. It, 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 Do you know, does Justin Turner have COVID or not?
1: So check this out, which is what I don't understand. His results came back during the game that he had tested positive for COVID in like the bottom of the, the the end of the seventh inning, maybe Uh somewhere around there. So they remove him. They quarantine him in a doctor's office. They continue to play the game. And then the Dodgers win the World Series and he comes running out with a mask on, but then takes it off. For the team photos. And then everyone's security is going up to him saying, like, hey, you're not following the protocols, you're not doing it. And he's just like, forget you. Like, we just won the World Series, I don't care. So everybody is upset. People are in up in arms because he put everybody in, at risk once he was aware that he had COVID. He didn't care.
0: Is this not f- fucking wild? It, it, I don't yeah, understand. You know- I, I really don't get it. I, I don't understand how something like that happens. And I'm, tr- I'm reserving because I don't feel like all the information is out, but... What else do you need to know? Well, oh, Obviously something. COVID is a potentially deadly disease. Right. That Justin Turner tested positive for, we're saying. Yes. And then came back and exposed everybody to it, the players, all their wives, everyone, for a celebration. I'm trying to understand how something like that happens.
1: I'm trying to understand how. So, so they're letting us know that they had a faulty system from the beginning. How are you letting players on the field and you don't have their test results back yet? I'm confused by that. Like, unless they get a, they get a test result and then they test it again. How yeah. in the world did results come back when the game is more than halfway over? That's hmm. what I don't get. That to me is like, Mistake number one. Is this how y'all have been doing it all the time? Like just risking people like this? They find out they're COVID mid game. What, what? Honestly, you should have just let them keep, keep playing the game after that. Cause if you're exposed, you're exposed at that point. Seven innings. Are you kidding me? It,
0: also, if I'm one of the other Dodgers or somebody like that, cause they're sitting down there next to him, talking to him and stuff. If I know that a motherfucker got that COVID, <laughs> I'm not fucking getting near you. I'm like, yo, fam, didn't you just test positive for COVID? Like I got kids and a mom and all of that stuff like that. The whole thing seems I am under the impression that we're going to find out here in the next couple of days that it was a false positive. I won't believe it. Or that he never really have COVID. So it, it almost has to be that way. Why? Do we have all the information about that? He willingly exposed himself. They won the the entire team.
1: He didn't care. That's basically what he was saying. I don't care, and because it's not a false positive, because then the rest of the team left on a plane. They left his family in Arlington to be quarantined. They took a private charter back to L.A. And now, but none of them should come back. Exactly. Well, I think they're all like we're we were all exposed, and now. The the Rays and the Dodgers are quarantining at home because of what Justin Turner did. It's wild. Oh, I still God. can't get over he found out mid game. That's crazy. crazy.
0: Oh, apparently I just saw this on the old Twitter sphere. Uh, Paul Rudd is is out in Brooklyn, um, handing out cookies to people in line as they vote. It's raining, and Paul Rudd way up on there on the list of coolest white boys in the world. When I say way <laughs> up on the list, Rachel, who's the coolest top white 10? boy in the world? the definitely top 10? Who's the coolest white boy in the world to you, Rachel?
1: I don't know. I never really thought I've never thought about this. Clearly you have. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, you got you got you got coolest white boy in the world. You got first, second and third team all white girl in terms of like just looks. You got first team all white girl, you got second team all white girl, you got third team all white girl. You got to, yeah, it's, yeah. This sounds like something like
1: dudes talk about when y'all are just like chilling, playing the game. Y'all, I don't know, like y'all are doing something in your off time. Y'all, y'all come up with lists like this. Clearly, you've had this conversation before. Which one? Oh, I'm sorry, all of them. Um, top uh top three. What did you say? Was it most first, attractive? It's three
0: teams. Oh, we'll first team. First it, right? team. All first Dude. team.
1: All white. Attractive. Yeah. First-team all-white
0: team. girl. I mean, it's teams for it's teams for the white guys as well.
1: Sure, sure, you know, sure. Some so of who's the, the coolest white dude?
0: Coolest white guy. It's tough. It's tough. Paul Rudd is way up there. Um, some white guys were cool, but then you found out later on they weren't so cool. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: Have you met w- Paul?
0: Uh, one time. Okay. One time. Um, So I would say if you're going coolest white boy in the world, you're going... Paul Rudd, we talked about. Brad Pitt is up there. The coolest white boy in the world. Um, mm, I I personally have, and a lot of people don't, I have Shia LaBeouf on my list, even though he's fucking crazy.
1: I don't don't know enough about him.
0: I have Shia LaBeouf. What about
1: George Clooney? Mm. No? Okay. Mm. What about Will Ferrell? No? Okay.
0: Mm. Mm. Keep them coming. This is good. Keep coming.
1: Um, Who else? Vince Vaughn. Fuck no. I don't know. Okay, I'm just naming what? people that are in these movies together now.
0: He's, he's hella MAGA. Is he really? Yeah. He's I hella I did MAGA. not know that. He might look. Vince Vaughn might be cool, but he hella MAGA. That means he can't be oh, the coolest white boy I in the I got one for you. Who? Larry David. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> That like, hell yeah. Number it's one over. for you, because I it's know how over. much you like the show. <laughs> it's over, dog. What a what a pull. Hell, it's fucking over. It's over. Easily to me, coolest white boy in the world. Yep. All right. And by the way, there have been people that have gone on it like in 2010, if you ask me who it was, it was Drew Brees. Obviously, not Drew Brees anymore. Drew Brees <laughs> off the list. Even though you know, a yeah. lot the same Drew Brees off the list. Not on the list. You know what I mean? Tyler Hero. Is on the coolest white boy in the world watch list. Watch list,
1: yeah. I was like, yeah, he he, yeah, he ain't he's there not, yet.
0: Not quite there yet. He's on the watch list, Tyler Hero. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And then they got
0: other people. Doctor Fauci.
1: <laughs> he's on the list. He's
0: he's, he's, he's Doctor Fauci is on the list. Yeah, he's got on Fauci, the list. Doctor Fauci is there. Okay,
1: okay, I got I got one for you. What? Where are you putting Joe Biden? shall we move on to the next subject
0: it's very hard I will say this I'll I'll be honest with you I'll be honest with you it's almost impossible for a politician to make the list okay because politicians gotta make too many decisions that just ain't cool like even even Obama be honest with you Obama droned a lot of motherfuckers that's just not a cool thing to do okay it's not it's not cool so politicians got to make decisions that aren't cool. And you don't vote for somebody because they're cool. You vote for somebody because Correct. they can change the country. Right? Correct. Right. But you go see a movie of somebody because they're cool. You go Robert Downey Jr. way up there. Coolest white boy. Even after
1: Tropic Thunder? Is Even that not bothering you? Tropic Thunder? Okay. It I, like, can, be, can, I be,
0: can I be honest with you about it? hmm When I saw Tropic Thunder in the theater, it didn't occur to me to be offended.
1: Same. No, I agree with it, you. It's it, same. It it, it it
0: it really didn't. Now, was that wrong? Sure. It absolutely was wrong, but if you watch the movie, the joke was about how wrong that was and about how... Right. So that mattered at the time. Looking back on it, now, you probably couldn't make that same case. But no. at 28, when I was watching the movie, it I it didn't occur to me to be a fan. It
1: didn't occur to me until they tried to let him win an Oscar for it. Right? Like, he was right, in yeah. the... That's when I was like, okay... Like it was fine for the movie in that space, but come on now, let's not take it this far.
0: Right, right, okay. You know, and by the way, if I if there are people out there that I'm missing thought words, hit me up. Hit me up. We'll talk about the first and second and third team all white girls later on. Um, so we we'll we'll we'll, we'll do that on a on a different weekend where I can um.
1: Yeah, I'll I want to sure. think about this too.
0: Well, no, I already know who they are. But what I'm oh. saying is, what I'm saying is, uh, for me, it just has to be a point where things are going like. Perfectly between me and Kalika, because if not, she hears that, it's going to be like, oh, what you talking about, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, you know I'm and, I'm, gonna... and I'm
1: team, I'm team her. So, yeah.
0: You're, are Let's you you're sure team, she... Scarlett, you're team Scarlett Johansson?
1: No, Kalika.
0: But do you think Scarlett Johansson is amazingly beautiful?
1: <laughs> yeah, like in a sultry way, like not like the girl next door, which is what I like. I like she, that. Those, are, the, those would be on my team.
0: She's the permanent shooting guard, first team, all white girl, permanent shooting guard. Permanent permanent shooting guard.
1: She's also one of those people that men are more into than women, but I see it. Really? There's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a woman, and it's good for men too, that women neither think are super attractive and men don't and vice versa. And you would
0: say that that is I really I actually think Scarlett
1: is, but I see how she is so attractive to men. Yeah. She like, got lust even demon. even more attractive to me. There's a
0: lust demon that follows her around. It's just like, it's a thing. It's like oh my Black my Widow.
1: Life. Hey, she just got married. Did you see that?
0: I saw that. She mm-hmm. got married, she got married to a cool white boy, Colin Young. Okay, he's Shout on the list. Okay. He's not on the list. I said he's oh. cool. I didn't say he's okay. one of the coolest. Okay. He's cool. Watch list? Watch uh, list. Watch, watch list. Watch list. Now, here's the thing. Give me an example of a woman that women think is super attractive that men are kind of like whatever on. Ooh.
1: Does that exist? <laughs> Gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh it would be a girl next door type. Ah, mm. uh, Oh my gosh, I can't
0: that women think are super attractive and men I know. don't go crazy.
1: I don't know. I don't know. You gotta come to me. You're putting me on the spot. I got
0: some I got somebody. Okay, who? Angelina Jolie.
1: I think no men think she's attractive.
0: Not the men I know.
1: Men right now, or men think think Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Angelina Jolie,
0: beautiful woman,
1: gorgeous. Mm, I feel like, like back then people were like just a, lusting like over picture. her.
0: South Baton Rouge, no. South Baton South Baton Rouge. I'm gonna be honest with you. In South Baton Rouge, they the, where I come from, they would rather be fucking with Topanga from Boy Meets World.
1: Yeah, a lot of black dudes like Topanga, but remember she don't it, or, like y'all back. Or, She'll or, like
0: your back. That came not, out already. Not Topanga, not, not just Topanga, but who else was from um from fucking uh from Blossom? Ooh. Remember the girl from Blossom? Oh, six. Six. Jenna Von Oye? Yeah, six. where I'm from, like those, they get way more rock. Way That's more. That's because rock than they have a shape. Exactly. So by the way, I'm and that did Angeline Jolie, fantastically beautiful.
1: No, and I know. This uh, is a different yeah, body type. And
0: I also not just a, like a fucking first-class, forget about Angelina Jolie's, look, first-class human being. First-class human being, all the stuff that she's done. But, but that's an example of somebody that goes, oh my God, look how beautiful they are. But like where I'm from, it's like kind of not a thing, you know?
1: It kind of starts- Put together a list.
0: Put together a list. This I is am. a fun thing. It's a fun thing. Put together a list. Uh, now, while we're discussing this and we're objectifying people, um, we should go ahead and just get right into it. A-ba-boom. Before oh, we do though, before we do, uh, let's just pause for one second. All right, listen, we've we've done all the preamble, we've talked about things. Re and Rachel have talked about our our personal opinions about cool white people and sultry white ladies. I don't know how we got on that, but it's sure to rub some of you the wrong way. But fuck it. Now here comes what what you guys really want to talk about. We gotta get to the nitty-gritty. Of what went down in El Pamo, El Springzo, this past <laughs> Tuesday, okay, on The Bachelorette. And let me tell you something, Big Rach, it was a goddamn barn burner of what seemed like a six hour episode.
1: But didn't I tell you that this was gonna be a good one? Y'all, normally, Van doesn't talk about the show until we get to this space. It was so good, Van was. Messaging in the group chat. Yo! Yosef! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. even help it. I told you. I, t- yeah. I was waiting for this moment for you.
0: Let's talk about Yosef real quick. So <laughs> let's ahead. first of all, we'll go through. Let's talk about Yosef real quick. Yosef, okay. the first thing. Yosef to me is the Rudy Giuliani of The Bachelorette.
1: <laughs> Please explain why. Because he yeah, didn't. He, go
0: ahead. He's the Rudy I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Why? Number one, you have no idea why he's saying what he's saying. And you also have no idea why he's being so aggressive about it. And that, to me, is where Rudy Giuliani is in this part of his life. Rudy Giuliani be on TV and you're like, yo, man, what the fuck are you talking about? And why are you this surly about it? Like, just talk regular, Rudy. Like, we know that you... Yosef was so upset. Yosef gave the biggest insult to Claire that anyone can give to anyone. You're not fit to be a mother.
1: Whoa! Yeah. Yosef! Yeah. My guy. Yeah. You're
0: talking to a human lady. You're talking to a human lady. That's Yosef a human lady care. you're talking to. Yosef didn't care, Rach. Rachel, Yosef didn't give a
1: shit. He was talking how, to a human lady. How woman. about the part where he starts saying, I sacrificed a lot to be here and I left right. my daughter and she tries to relate and says, I know my mother is dying. And he bit his, he like, Cringed. He like clenched his he, teeth. Like, I excuse me. I'm trying to finish.
0: He basically said, "Bitch, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't interrupt me. I, your mother's dying. What that mean? I'm talking about me. I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, is this real?
1: Yes, it Isn't is. Like, is
0: Joseph? Is Joseph? Are, are we getting punked right now? Could Joseph really be this guy? And then this is what I love about it, right? So I have a new nickname for Dale. It is... Jiminy Cricket. Okay? <laughs> so if you ever watch any of these movies featuring the amazing Disney character, Jiminy Cricket, Jiminy Cricket just pops up whenever, like... He's like the little narrator. Jiminy Cricket just pops up.
1: Pops up. Whenever,
0: whenever it's time, for something to say. And all of a sudden, Yosef, who's gone fucking crazy, who's making Claire... Claire actually started to fucking disintegrate in front of our eyes. Like, her eyes start to do that little fast eye movement and she's breathing hard and then she loses it, puts her finger in his man's face. I thought she was going to smack his mouth. She should have. And then, uh, Yosef walks away and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jiminy Cricket pops up with the magic. Jiminy Cricket, the magic man, Dale, he pops up out of nowhere. He materializes out of nowhere. Claire was in such a dire emotional point that she conjured, Dale.
1: <laughs> I love that's how you see it.
0: <laughs> she conjured him, like she like he he showed up out right nowhere and boom! Before you know it, all the, and I love also fake tough guys in the rest of the house. All y'all niggas, fake tough guys. All of, like they're talking to Yosef, dude. You're out of line, dude. Hey man, go that way. Like you gonna do something to Yosef? They weren't gonna do anything to Yosef. As a matter of fact, they were wasting their time. Because by the time yo by time they're talking to Yosef, getting all this shit about Yosef, you know who wh- what's happening? Damn.
1: I'm not gonna let you do these men like that. I'm no. not gonna let you do them like that. Because no. if that this is this is what I hated about the scene as well. Forget Yosef, he is what he is. We knew that. We knew that was coming. He's a jerk. He's he's awful. He's disgusting. I too was like, where the fuck did Dell come from? Like he came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> That's literally what I wrote in my notes. Like, Where, where the fuck did Dale come from? I'm going to tell you how this happened. Claire's upset. She's just like, I've been dealing with men like this my entire life. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Producer, producer on the microphone. Somebody go get Dale. Somebody, somebody go Uh get Dale. Those poor men would have given anything to have a moment where they could have swooped in and been there for her. And I bet they were like, no, everybody go sit back down. Just wait. Just give Claire a moment. She needs a moment to just like bring herself together. Meanwhile, Somebody go get Dale. And here comes Dale in there to rescue Claire and let her know he's got her. And what did Claire say? That is what I love about Dale. He came and found me. He knew I was upset. I said, oh no, that's not how it happened.
0: Yeah. Yosef, so this episode to me really was about two different things. Okay. Okay. It was about Yosef fucking up at the beginning of the episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it was about the reckless way in which Claire and Dale are going about their relationship on the show. The reckless and disrespectful way <gasps> that they're going some about harsh their relationship.
1: words.
0: Reckless and disrespectful way that Claire and Dale are, Dale brings out the worst in Claire.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Dale brings out
0: the worst in Claire. Explain. So the rest of the guys are there, right? And Claire, by the way, being true to her heart, she was really into Dale.
1: Thank you. She is.
0: But she cannot compartmentalize what she's supposed to be doing there, which is giving everybody a chance. Dale is such a Daddy Mac cricket that she cannot see past him. Every time he's she's around, it's like Dale comes around and she starts like, she melts. She turns. Dale, 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 Dale. Dale, Dale. She's it's about Dale on other people's dates. How think about how disrespectful that is. It's about Dale on other people's dates. Everybody is dealing with and then the part where it's another guy's date, and Dale, who seemed like he was fucking sniffing glue. Like, Dale got <laughs> yeah, so I don't giddy. know what
1: happened to Dale.
0: What was going on with Dale? Dale seemed like he was sniffing glue. Like, Dale was, like, huffing Freon or doing whippets or something like that. And 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 he he made his way into Claire's room, and he's inside there in Claire's room, laughing and giggling and doesn't know what to say. And then he gets back out there with the guys, and they're trying to ask him, and he's laughing and giggling and doesn't know what to say. I'm like, yo, what's up with this
1: guy? Well, yo, fam, what's good with, what's good
0: with you? What's
1: yeah. going on with that? Listen, you, you gotta, you, I don't know who Dell is at this point. Cause after watching him in that moment and with the group hug, what you think? Would you have participated in the group hug? No. <laughs> I thought, I loved your boy Riley. I know you don't give Riley props cause you said his ear to arm ratio isn't proportionate, but Riley was a star in this episode. He was mm-hmm. like, Dell, really? Like, bro, which right. one are you? Pick a side. Dell. Which Dell do you think is the real Dell? The Dell who walked who walked in and saved her and held her, or the Dell who seemed to be all out of place, lying to the man about one thing and then doing something else with Claire?
0: I think he's both. And the reason why is because I think a lot of guys are both. i will be honest with you, real quick. I one have way friend. in
1: front of their dudes and another way with the girl.
0: I think a lot of guys are cutthroat like that. I have a friend. His name is Ian Spooner.
1: We didn't need you. Did not have to give his full government.
0: Ian Vaughn Spooner.
1: (laughs) You are such a
0: petty (laughs) man. At Ian Vaughn on Instagram. Okay, I was the best man at Ian's wedding. Okay, the best man at his wedding. The best man. Okay, he is one of my closest friends. Shout out to my niece, his daughter, Amari. Okay. Uh, shout out to my niece's daughter, Amara. She just turned 18. Remember, so I don't know if I told a story on other podcast. A little girl used to steal all my tortilla chips when I used to watch her when she was a little baby. She just turned uh, 18 or I don't think she just turned 18. She's a senior and she just had senior night volleyball. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. I'm missing so much. It's very sad. But <clears throat> Ian is like Dale, meaning this. He's a solid guy. Okay. He's a solid dude. Good dude keeps it real with you. But see if there's a woman involved, all bets are off. Or like when I say if there's a woman involved, if there's like something like that, all bets are off. See if you're somewhere and like Ian is the type of dude that goes, hey man, uh, you know, I've been going back and forth with your sister a little bit. Um, I just wanna ask you if it's okay if I date your sister or see your sister we're friends we gotta be like and then you say no 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 uh uh-uh. uh go find another one no not my sister no I don't want that it's too weird whatever whatever go yeah. find another one go yeah. find another chick and Ian will be like alright man that's cool that's cool that's cool and then a week two weeks later like you pull up to your crib and you see this nigga pulling out the driveway <laughs> because you're, so, and so and he's not a bad he's not a bad. Now dude. I understand why you said
1: his full name.
0: <laughs> he's a good guy. it didn't happen to my sister. It's a different situation. I can't really talk about. But like it, it, it. it like, he's a good guy, a great guy. But he just got this thing with him when it's about ladies. All it's bets cut, are off. It's plap life. It's cutthroat, and that's how Dale is. Dale's probably a decent dude. Probably hang out with Dale. But the way Dale, Dale and Ian look alike. The way Dale, the way, they? yeah. The way Dale, the way Dale looks at it is probably like, hey man, these guys can't handle me. She like me. She like me.
1: So wait, you called, the, you called her disrespectful. Yeah. How is it disrespectful? Because I, I got to take up for my girl here. How oh. is it disrespectful if she's, the show is about following your heart. The show is about falling in love. And if she is feeling one person and that's who she's falling for, why is it disrespectful that she's pursuing that relationship? Because what she can't do is walk into the room and be like, everybody get the hell out. She can't do that. So why is it wrong that she wants to spend a little bit more time with Dell?
0: The time that she wants to spend with him isn't wrong. I don't think that's the wrong part. I think the wrong part is that she's spending time with him even when she's spending time with other people.
1: Are you talking about a group date or on a one-on-one? On I'm one. talking
0: about when she's in a one-on-one with somebody and she keeps bringing up Dale and asking about Dale and talking about Dale. That's the disrespectful part. If you want to say screw the date and let Dale into the house, I remember that, by the way, did Dale's dick get hard when he pulled the shirt down when when they, when they walked okay, into the did, room?
1: when they were in the bed?
0: Yeah. I'm like, sure when they, it did. Dale pulled his shirt down. Dale, I talked about this with Juliette. I haven't seen that move since the seventh grade. I went to, it, I said this as well. So, in the seventh grade in McKinley Middle Magnet, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they outlawed sweatpants for the guys. They outlawed sweatpants. You couldn't wear for sweatpants. For this reason? For the reason of uncontrolled erections. Couldn't control us. Like, like they, they said, listen, they said it's a whole issue. Can't wear any more sweatpants. Don't wear sweatpants in school. You can't wear sweatpants because, like, I, you're walking around, all you see, like, we're coming into our own, we're 12, whatever, no sweatpants. Get the sweatpants out of here. Can't have them. And so what you would do... I feel like it depends is,
1: on the color of the sweatpants.
0: Wow. Uh, what no, you would, shout what, out to
1: Danny Pellegrino, who will give you the, uh, the business about gray sweatpants. Gray sweatpants. Gray, gray sweatpants.
0: <laughs> gray sweatpants. Wow. Rach knows. Rach knows. <laughs> so so what, what you would do is, you know, because you couldn't at that age, you can't control it, right? You're there, you're hanging out, and all of a sudden, like, Ashley Cullens walks by. Or somebody like that, you like, God damn, Jameer Holmes, Tramika Johnson, wow, or like any of these girls, they walk by and you like, you kid, you you couldn't control yourself. But what you could do is you pull the shirt move, hike it up a little bit, pull it down over the shirt, maybe tuck it in the waistband. You know what I mean? Um, and I hadn't seen that move in a long time, right? Hadn't seen that. but Dale pulled that move. He pulled the shirt move for the cameras. Adele and Claire, like, what's going on here? Like, this is uncanny. I
1: mean, they were rolling around on the bed, filling all up on each other. Like, they were dry humping. Of course, Dell got mm. hard. Damn. If Dell didn't pull down his shirt, you would have been asking a different type of question.
0: Nah, look, it happens. But I, I, and I guess watching the show, I couldn't help but feel bad for the other guy.
1: Now, this is true. This is true. I feel sorry for them because one, think about it. It's Palm Springs in July. It's Mm -hmm. hot. It's 120 degrees outside. You don't get to travel like everyone else. You don't get to live in the mansion. You just put your life on hold. Some people probably quit their jobs, left their jobs, maybe even lost their jobs because of COVID. And now you got to sit around a table with other dudes while a girl, you're here for a girl who is showing absolutely no interest in you. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's yeah. got to suck. I'm surprised that Moore didn't quit already.
0: And they, uh, they also, you know, when they had the little roast thing, everybody came at Dale, which uh, to me, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have wore my, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve like that when women are involved. You know, I don't go straight at you. I'm a little bit more clandestine with I throw things out there. You know what I mean? I throw it out there. If you're going to try to assault somebody, you can't do it that directly. If you're going to try to assault someone, you got to be a ninja about it. And I think these guys are being way too direct in how they're trying to assault them. And
1: how would you have done it, Van? What would you have said?
0: I probably would have. Well, number one, you got to get to know Dale a little bit more because Dale has his triggers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <If> it, <laughs> you, triggers. You, you get to know Dale a little bit more. You figure out what's going on with Dale, you know? And once you know, kind of, you know where to press, what to do. How to get, you know, how to drive a wedge, if you will. A wedge. You know, if that's what, you, if, if, if that's the game that you want to play. But also at the end of this episode, it seems as if, you know, because they cut to a weird shot of Tayshia getting out of the pool. Hated it. And you hated that. Ooh, why did you hate it?
1: Because the franchise has been completely silent about Tayshia, right? It's the worst kept secret. Everybody knows, now we can talk about it, that she's the next Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. They have said nothing, no pictures, no videos, nothing in writing, nothing. And the first time we see Taysha, we see her popping out of a pool, dripping wet with ass and titties in the middle of the camera. Mm -hmm. If you know the history of any other bachelorette, and I know this is a season like no other. The first time you meet her as a bachelorette, she's either coming out on Good Morning America, coming out on Kimmel. Obviously, that that can't happen. So she's coming out of a limo, meeting Chris in a full gown, looking beautiful and, and just excited about this new journey. But instead, we get Taysha like this when you've said nothing else about her. So this is how you want us to meet her and you want to acknowledge her. I felt like she was objectified and hypersexualized. And let's be honest. There's a history of that with Black women. And uh-huh. I just felt like they were playing into a stereotype. And this is why I always say they need diversity consultants at the top because that should not have been the first way that we met Tasha. It shouldn't uh-huh. have. I hated it. She looked uh-huh. great. Now, I ain't gonna take that away from her. She looked yeah, she amazing. Looked, she looked
0: fantastic. But I know but I I what you're saying.
1: I don't like it. And uh, another thing is, let's
0: say that was the first episode of The Bachelorette you ever watched. And you're watching it through and you're understanding it because that episode, of another thing about the show that's pretty interesting is that they have their own little narrative arcs to where it doesn't really seem like you have to watch the episode from before to really get into the one that you're watching. Like you could pick it up and, and figure out the tone and the tenor, what's going on and kind of, <laughs> it's its own little thing, right? It's like a little movie. If you were watching it and you didn't know anything about the whole Tayshia deal... You would have fucking no clue why they just threw her in at the end of the episode like that. Like you wouldn't know anything. Like she hadn't been there before. They hadn't alluded to that. They hadn't right. said there might be some somebody else that they're bringing in. They hadn't done any of that stuff. The only, the, the episode was about two things: Yosef and sneaky ass Claire and Dale, the fuck ninjas. Two people that just sneak into all the different crevices of the house to be alone <laughs> and grab on each other. The fuck ninjas. Two little ninja suits you should put on them and let them go all around the place doing whatever they wanted to do. Uh, but no, look, it's... I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Bachelorette's wildly entertaining.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed it.
0: It's wildly, wildly entertaining.
1: I don't think you would like other seasons as much because this one isn't following the regular format. So you truly don't know what's happening each episode. Normally, it's like, oh, they go on this date. There's a one-on-one. There's group dates. Like, you know what to expect. I mean, Claire's out here inviting people on group dates and then giving herself the rose. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. They gave
0: herself the rose.
1: That doesn't happen.
0: Wow. A
1: rose is still a And apparently, a rose. an executive for ABC said, in that moment, we made a call to Tasha. They were like, "This, there, we can't, we can't do anything <laughs> at this point. It's
0: a wrap." <laughs> All right, there it is. That's my recap. I was entertained, Yosef. I would love for Yosef to come on Higher Learning.
1: No, oh, oh, <laughs> this is what I meant to tell you. What you know how Yosef was like? I would never be out there in in naked like that. I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. The people have done their digging. Now, this is what you don't know about the Batches. They All like right. to dig, dig, dig and find out past lives of people. Two mm-hmm. years ago, Yosef is modeling in his boxers on social media. Just no shirt, just boxers. Um, I will provide the picture f- for this, for this. I will give you the Instagram <laughs> for it. Multiple pictures just out in Ooh, his boxers. Oh,
0: Yosef. God damn. So we can't have Yosef on Higher Learning?
1: Uh, if so, if y'all if you want to reach out to Yosef and bring him on.
0: Yo, man, this is your, this is your arena. You gotta get Joseph on. I gotta know why Yosef. No, because
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that to my girl Claire. If he comes on, it won't be by me.
0: Why? It's like it's it, it's over now. You know, you, Claire is got a mouthful of caramel as we speak. I gotta right now. see
1: if there's gonna be she, a reunion and no, what Claire, he's gonna say.
0: Right now, as we speak, Claire is sucking on Dale's neck somewhere. I just they're realized you said a mouthful
1: of caramel. I just, they, I just heard you say they're, that. They're, they're heard. kissing.
0: She's got, she's kissing his back. They're, they're the fuck ninjas are somewhere right now. Do, they're in love? So it's over. Who cares about? I them? gotta so wait I, but to see I if there is, is to
1: going to be. I'm sure ABC has him on lock, but mm-hmm. I want to see if there's going to be a reunion because you know that's going to be Crazy. just as juicy. Woo!
0: Woo! What a wild, wild episode. Can't wait. So there's not going to be one next Tuesday because of the election.
1: Thursday. It will be Thursday. Next Thursday, you guys. Bachelor episode.
0: Mm. Record.
1: Record, Set your recorders now. I'm into it.
0: All right. uh, It is the second podcast of the week. So we have mailbag time. Jordan, whenever you are ready.
1: Okay. First question from MJ Gill. What is one item you purchased that you immediately regretted buying? Oh, I don't really have buyer's remorse. Uh, no, maybe with food. I usually feel like that every single time I buy Wingstop, so that's once a week. Uh, <coughs> what? <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of.
0: And you feel guilty about it because you ate it?
1: I feel guilty, yes. After I'm feeling full and stuff, I'm like, ooh, maybe uh, I shouldn't have the, done that.
0: Shouldn't have done that, yeah. I yeah.
1: I don't get buyers uh, anymore more so stuff. I really think about my purchases before I buy them.
0: So, shout out to the people at the frame store over on Beverly. I love them. And this is not a diss.
1: What do you get framed?
0: So, I have a Master P jersey. Okay. Uh, from the time that Master P played with the Charlotte Hornets, says P. Miller on the back of it.
1: Is it signed?
0: Uh, no, but he gave it to me. Oh, um, that's nice. And then I also have a Willie Rofe jersey. Willie Rofe was an uh, a all world Hall of Fame offensive of tackle for the Saints and then the Chiefs for years. Got a signed Saints jersey. I'm going to put both of these jerseys right here in the back so that, you know, my room rater rating, rating goes up. Now, I took these two jerseys to the frame store a couple of days ago. This is not a diss on the frame store. The 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 quality of the frame store is fantastic. The people are great. They help me. I would recommend 10 out of 10, anybody go to the frame store, okay?
1: Okay.
0: Go to the frame store. Put the two jerseys down. The lady's like, very helpful. Amazing woman. Amazing. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, just give me all the best stuff. You know, put the frame on there. You want the glare resistant, glossy. We're going to get it stitched on so that, you know, you, they look the best. I'm like, yeah, give me all the best stuff. because I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to walk out of the frame store getting both of these jerseys framed. $500 at most. Okay. So, <laughs> the...
1: Frame is expensive.
0: <laughs> nigga.
2: <laughs>
0: I, she gave me, she goes, okay, based on what you did, one jersey, Twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what? She was. I was like, uh, okay, so I'm assuming for two, it's twenty four hundred dollars. But she's like, I'll make you a deal. Take the tax off, blah blah blah. She was very nice about the whole thing. But what happens to me is I had gone too far to turn back. <laughs> and so I was just like, fuck it. Wow. And I pay, I, I, and I and I got the. But immediately getting in the car, I was thinking, yo. Fam, you just spent two grand on some fucking picture frames.
1: You'll have them for life. You yeah, you'll, I mean? have you feel for better, you'll have them That's, for life. It's an investment,
0: and it's a lifetime warranty on them. My my mom said that. Yeah, it's a lifetime warranty. on, my, my oh, on the
1: yes, lifetime warranty Did you on get the, the box? Like, is it like in? a... I got the box. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's box. worth it, man. You know, I mean, everybody. I, I will be honest. Not everybody's able to just go out and spend two plus G's um, on some frames. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're able to do that. <laughs> you want to yeah. call me Rich Rach? You over right. here dropping thousands of dollars on some frames.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's too easy. to come is You want to see what easy. my
1: frames look like on my wall right now?
0: Yeah, but the, re- the, the <laughs> difference is you wouldn't have even need to buy the frames because they would have just gave them to you because you'd have been... Endorsing the company. This is before
1: my influencing days. Thank you, Jordan.
0: But let me. But
1: but, but give me give me the name of that place, so I I do need some things framed. Maybe I can do an attitude. It's the
0: it's the Frame (laughs) Store (laughs) (laughs) of Beverly.
1: Y'all gonna go wild if y'all see some
0: swingers. They did a great job, and I'm gonna go back and frame some other stuff. They did a fantastic job, though. Uh, Okay, Jordan. Next
1: question from Annalise Hunt. If your life was made into a movie, who would you want to play you? Oh, obviously I've thought about this before. Carrie Washington. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, right. Like that, like that's just hands down. I think for obvious reasons, maybe I'm pulling from her Olivia Pope days, but she's obviously fantastic. I would want somebody beautiful to play me. Mm-hmm. Um, pref- somebody who looks better than me <laughs> to play me. Uh, yeah, I think she would do, do me well. You, Van?
0: Uh, it doesn't matter, but they can't look as good as me.
1: See, I want my person to look better than me.
0: No, not y'all me. Y'all see
1: how, y'all see how, how different we are?
0: All right, no, they Why? can't look as good as me.
1: And you need to pick somebody.
0: All right, let me think. Um, well now, okay, so now forget about my first stipulation because I don't want to be insulting to anyone.
1: Uh. And, and they have to be, like, comparable in size and everything. Like, I don't want you to pick, like, Somebody who's a whole foot shorter than you to play you just because you think they're a good think, actor.
0: I'm trying to think of who that your is. Your options
1: though. are limited due to your height.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of who that is. Like, um, and that who's because here's the thing. The guys that are in Hollywood that are like my height, they're all so much better looking than me that it's like, you know what I mean? Who's um, your
1: height in Hollywood?
0: A couple of guys.
1: Okay. A couple of guys,
0: like is my height. Maybe a little... Oh, Yaya Otolog. would be a good one. Yeah, but Yaya is way more handsome than me. Well, it's you like, admitted
1: it's... it, so there you go. You could put a little yeah. disclaimer at the bottom.
0: Yaya, it'll be Yaya, because <laughs> he's from New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, from Baton Rouge, so, so Yaya, yeah. Bro, I like that one.
1: Story of my life.
0: Yaya, you, you got it, bro. You're the man, dog. Um, yeah,
1: out here winning Emmys. Come on, get him yeah, to play you.
0: Doing his thing, yeah. Cool, okay. Uh, Jordan, next and last question.
1: From Eva Acevedo. What's the weirdest gift you've ever received? Ah, oh, These questions really make you think. Weirdest uh, gift you've ever received? Go ahead. You got it? I
0: don't, I don't have an answer to that.
1: I don't either.
0: Yeah, I don't have an answer to that. Like, uh, a weirdest gift I've ever received? I don't have an answer. Every gift I've ever gotten has been, I'm, a, I'm easy to get gifts. for. Every, you give me a gift, I'm like, yo, fucking amazing. You know what I mean? I can't think of a weirdest. Oh, I, I I do know. Uh, one girl that I had been on one date with gave me gave me a framed picture of her and I.
1: Is that weird to you?
0: Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> because it was after one date.
0: We had been out one time, and by I said when y'all, I said when y'all I
1: took I, pictures together.
0: Nah, it was like, it was a party situation. So we went to a place in Baton Rouge called the Fox and the Hound. And what the Fox and the Hound was, is it was like this little bar with pool tables and all of that shit. They're a but chain, a, I believe. Oh, Fox and the Hound is a chain? Okay, we cool. We one in I Dallas. Used, we used to, it used to fucking go up at the Fox and the Hound, right? We went to the Fox and the Hound, but it was like a party for one of our coworkers. And so we're in the party and we're taking, and it really was a group shot of me and her and like 10 other people and she basically slimmed down or cropped the picture or whatever to where it was just her and I. Oh. And then gave, gave it to me in a frame uh, and said, Merry Christmas. And I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: shit. You quit? Did you quit after that? No, I didn't quit.
0: I, she was just like, it's a joke. It's a joke gift. And I was like, oh, all right.
1: Well, no, she put in some work. Cropped people yeah. out. Yeah, she cropped the whole crew out and she's,
0: it was just me. The Boxing second the frame
1: story you've told today. Yeah, it's um, true. Thing. You have frames.
0: <laughs> frames. I have a, a bad look with frames. I, right, I, look.
1: I feel like dudes don't give gifts like that. I mean, not if I had a weird gift. It's not like I don't, I don't get gifts. I just haven't had a weird gift.
0: Never a weird gift. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have one more? I feel like we need one more.
1: From Christy Michelle. Now that Van has seen The Bachelorette, could he imagine going on the show?
0: Fuck no! That not
1: shit, even as I, a
0: joke. No, oh no. Maybe as a joke.
1: Maybe like, as I'm a not j- saying you would take it seriously, but like, could you just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna go do this thing. It, to me,
0: there's so much about those guys that I don't understand. Number one, are we supposed to believe that they actually want to be with her? Because they uh, they take I think it some so do. serious.
1: Some really do. That's
0: wild to me. That's like dumbass wild to me. That's like super
1: wild. You know what? I guess it's. Cause I, I don't know. I guess it's weird. I've been in the situation before. I mean, when I went on the show, I was different. I was like, there's the black people always go home first. So I came right. in thinking this dude isn't going to like me. I'm just kind of right. open to see what this is like. My job right. said I could go. They're still going to pay me. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's different. I don't know. These dudes really come in or women. Mm-hmm. Thinking that maybe I could fall for this person, not all of them, probably not most of them. Most people are surprised.
0: I don't know. It just seems like to me, is like it. It seems like to me that it would be hard for me to to care that much, and I would I would also be super mischievous, man. I'd be fucking everything up. So there's
1: always the one person on the show who producers are like, yeah, you need to send them home. Yeah, and you're like, why? Why Mm -hmm. I like them? I have a good time with them, and they're like, they're a bit of a cancer in the house because there's always the one person. Shout out to my girl Astrid, who's like, this is all fake. Don't listen to them. Don't don't believe them. Like this is messed up. And we'll laugh through things. And they're like, they got to go. Right. There's one on every season. That would be you.
0: And I feel like that would be me. Plus, if we if I if we was all in a house together like that, there'll be I'd be in that bitch. Using the facilities, hot tubbing all day long, making a T-bone steak. You know what I'm saying? Just like you could. Okay, I don't know. I I, like personally, it just seems to me. I look at these guys and they go, "I'm here for her. I'm here for Claire." And I'm thinking, you sound like a lame. What? Like you don't know her? She fucking with Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Like stop, stop, stop acting, stop acting all weird and going crazy. She fucking with Dale. I'm trying to remember if I I said stuff
1: like that at the beginning. If I was like, I don't know if I said that. I don't know if I talked like that. At the end, maybe, yes. At the end, yes. At the beginning, no.
0: Rach, I got a question for you. Yeah. Who is Claire fucking with?
1: Uh, Dale. She fucking with Dale. (laughs) She not fucking with you,
0: Riley. She not fucking with you, Bennett. She not fucking with you.
1: What do you think about Bennett.
0: Bennett cool Bennett my guy I, I was telling Juliet on, on on her podcast that Bennett I thought Bennett was the Harvard douchebag but I was wrong about Bennett let me tell you yeah. who, who Bennett is Bennett is a guy at Harvard that drives the BMW right or drives the Mercedes but you can go to him and be like yo we going across town for a little while man can you give us a ride and he'll just throw you the keys and be like, like take daddy's take daddy's car for a spin
1: you know what I'm saying
0: <laughs> Like go ahead, yeah. I, I I know I know I'm here. I'm a I'm a I'm a douchebag. At least I'm a I'm a giving douchebag. You know what I'm saying? Like t- take Daddy's car for a spin. Go ahead, ro- rock out with it. Now if you get arrested in Daddy's car, what then maybe Benny don't know you. But that's to be expected. <laughs> Th- that's, that's to be expected. Um, all right, that's enough for mailbag. Uh, Rach, do you have an unexpected ally? Here?
1: I do. The Atlanta Hawks owner. Did you see this story? He said that he is investing $40 million to bolster economic empowerment within the black community. You said, mm, you know. How, how <laughs> much money? don't like that. How, okay. How much money? How much money? 40 million. Need more money. Okay, but I'm not going to knock you. For, for 40 million is a whole lot more than anybody else is doing.
0: It's... It, Wow, it it takes a
1: lot to please Van. I didn't say he has to stop, but I'm going to give him recognition.
0: (laughs) I love that, but get together with all your NBA owners and all your guys and put some real money in these Okay, maybe
1: he tried and it didn't (laughs) happen. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'm going to lead by example and maybe other people will follow. But the point is, is that he is investing in the black community $40 million. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
0: That's not even a max contract. Like that's like a, a $40 million contract that's like he's investing in like a Pat Beverly. Okay, at the, the moment,
1: that's more than the Platinum Plan has done.
0: Right? Look, I, well, by the way, shout out to him. I just want to run these numbers up. Shout out to him. $40 million is a whole lot of money.
1: Yes, A whole it lot is. of money.
0: But what I'm saying to the rest of these super rich owners, when you're investing into the community, invest a Giannis salary. Okay? Invest a James Harden salary. I don't come back here with this mid-level exception shit. All right, like shout out to Tony
1: Wrestler. I think I believe that's his name. Shout out to him. Wrestler, yeah.
0: Shout out to him. Now, mine is easy. It was something else, but now I just saw this. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd out there giving cookies to the people while they're uh while they're voting. That matters. It's raining there, and he's trying to keep people enthused, trying to keep them in line, trying to keep them out there. Like guys, go vote. You might have to wait in a long line. They're trying to make it harder for you, but I promise you. This whole thing hinges on your participation. Uh, Have your say. We here at Higher Learning are not going to get a chance to talk to you again before the election. The next time you hear us on this podcast, it'll be Tuesday. It'll be election day. The reality is that if this is the last time you hear from Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan, please, for the love of Jesus Christ, go out and vote. Make your voice heard. Yes. Black men in Florida and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Arizona and Georgia and Ohio and Wisconsin. Brothers, get out there and vote. And don't vote for hubris. Vote for expertise, put some sense back in the White House. Last thing I'll fucking say.
1: That was Last great. Thing
0: I'll say. Thank you. Um, Get out,
1: folks, guys. That's it. That's it for us to have a learning. All right, we're done. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay.